0: Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA, get a quote today. Hi, this is Marissa Meyer. And this is Delaney. And this is Sloane. And you're listening to the Prince Kai Fan Pod. Welcome to episode 115 of the Prince Kai Fan Pod, a Marissa Meyer Book Club podcast where Captain is King, Marissa is Queen, and I am your host, Bethany Finger. This episode is brought to you by Rambian Crew patron supporters, thank you. Please welcome back my sister, Lindsay. Hello, I'm back for another episode. (laughs) And we're going to talk about the final episode of Theorist because we're done <laughs> and we can all breathe and move on with our lives after the next hour and a half of talking about it. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. So let's talk about what are we reading? Well, right now I am reading, uh, the first draft of my writing, my critique partner's book, Abigail Spigari's new book. Um, I get secret access because that's what critique partners are for. So, I'm very much enjoying that. You're not reading anything, are you? Um, Unless you count math textbooks, no.
1: But you are... You're (laughs) watching two TV shows? What are you watching? Yes, I'm currently watching House. Um, It's very dramatic and... (laughs) and um it's actually a really good medical drama show so Mm -hmm. i like that and then i am watching smash also really dramatic also very dramatic (laughs) but on the other end of the spectrum it is dramatic with singing and dancing and bright lights
0: and it's a really fun show it's very fun yeah should we talk about something art? sure this is a good one. Um big thank you to LaRose for letting me share this. It's from July sixteenth. It's Lavana and Lavana and her veil and Lavana without her glamour. Wow. And it's beautiful and poetic and disturbing and just perfection. It's, it is perfection. That's yeah. It's incredible. The the eeriness of the veil and how you can see like some of her physical form underneath it. Uh, but you can still tell the, like, foreboding of her her actual appearance and how intimidating it is. And then what she looks like underneath. So she's not as curvy. She's not as tall. Her skin doesn't have the same tone to it. And then, of course, we have the the scarring that she covers up using her glamour.
1: Yeah, I love the all the detail that she put into it.
0: I especially love the shape of her body because yes. I, I, I especially love the acknowledgement that the perfect hourglass figure that Levana has tried to portray with her glamour is not an accurate depiction of her body. Like, she's doing more than covering her scars.
1: Yes, that does um, do a good job at showing the different sides of her, the real Levana and what she portrays to everybody else.
0: And then, of course, the veiled Levana that has yes. haunted Earth and Kai for d- years. Yes, that
1: she puts the veil on when she has to go on screen. Mm-hmm. And- it's a, it's an incredible rendition of how you can tell the, what Lavana truly feels and looks like. You get actual feelings from just staring at the... I
0: addictions. think it's also, like, it pulls feelings you don't want. Like, you know, of course you're impressive and intimidated by how beautiful she is. And then you see the veil, which Kai has made very clear has been traumatizing to him. And then we see the sad Lavana that we get to know in fairest underneath all of that. And, and that's just depressing. Um, and then I also love the, the little facial features she included on the the right hand side where she's, she's, you can angry. see her, her, when she's angry, you can see her when she's passive and you can see her when she's pretending to be yes. happy.
1: I like that as well. And then I like that she, um, put dirt on the clothes and, and, um,
0: I think it's Tears blood. And ribs.
1: Is it blood? I think it's blood. Yeah, that's probably true. I love that that's on there because it shows everything underneath her appearance, not just the outfit itself, but everything
0: as well. Mm-hmm. I agree. So big thank you for sharing that. And remember, you can check out more artwork on our website or the Instagram page. Last week, Patreon members voted for chapter titles. Pages 193 to 200 is Gasoline by Halsey. And pages 200 to 214 is Woman by Taylor Swift. And chapter discussion. The last section of Ferris. Perhaps the hardest <laughs> to read, the hardest to cover. I know you cried. I cried. I definitely cried. I definitely cried. I definitely cried. I might cry while we're talking about it. I'm definitely <laughs> getting a little upset just talking. So it's the middle of the night. LaVonna comes into Everett's room, which she has not done. in. Su- she, it's been so long since she's done it that Everett is surprised to even see her. Yes. This is her husband. Yeah, her husband. And Did you see Quentin last night? I went to bed and didn't tell him goodnight. Yeah. And he came down the hallway. He <laughs> was like, you're not going to say goodnight to me? And I was like, well... Tangent listeners, Quentin did laundry yesterday, <laughs> which means I washed it and he put it in the dryer and then threw it on our bed. Yeah. So when I went to go to bed last night, I had to fold laundry because it was literally covering every inch of my bed.
1: Sounds about right.
0: So that is why I did not take a night to my husband. I was going to go get ready for bed and I realized I can't go to bed. I have to fold all <laughs> this laundry. <laughs> but like Quentin is so used to our habits of saying goodnight to each other when one person is staying awake. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> so he was expecting you
1: to come ex- in there and say
0: and it, and, in- and instead, it's been so long since Everett and LaVonna have even had that kind of intimacy that he's like, what are you doing here? And it's like, it's your wife. She can't come to your room. And it's like, well, it's not that she can't come to his room. It's that he doesn't he know doesn't what to do with her there.
1: Yeah, <laughs> It's been so long. And they don't have that kind of intimacy with they each don't. other. So. They haven't spoken since their fight.
0: They haven't spoken since their fight. What? And how long ago was that? I don't think it's... Does it specify if it's been... I think it's probably just been, like, a day or two. I don't think it's been super long, but...
1: I can't go all day without talking to Randy. I can't go all day without talking to you. If we have a fight, I'm, like, maybe ten minutes later, I'm talking to him, because I can't go that long without talking to him.
0: Yeah. It's hard to leave things unresolved, too, I think. So she goes in. She tries to kiss him um and he rejects her but he does it kindly i'm curious to know how you do that (laughs) he doesn't ask her to leave right and then she pulls a lavana she lowers his guard she takes away his boundaries with her glamour and they make love yes they do and then they end up getting really close
1: to each other and just holding each other afterwards which is sad Yes, yeah,
0: I do like that. Throughout this chapter, we get we get two themes. We get Channery's quote echoing in her head: "Love is a conquest. Love is a war." And then we also get her recalling her vows, yes, her her marriage vows throughout that time. Um, and I like that those two themes are relevant because I feel like she's thinking about how love is a conquest and love is a war, and what she needs to do, what she needs to sacrifice for conquest and war, so she can conquest Earth. But then she's also thinking back to her vows and what her relationship with Everett means to her and what that commitment meant to her As in addition to what it means to be queen. That is also a different commitment for her. Um, And I like that those things are sort of haunting her. These two ideologies she has of love are haunting her as she tries to decide how she's going to to move forward with this plan.
1: Yeah. And during that entire time, she's also remembering how... She took very slow steps at trying to ease him into the relationship. Mm -hmm. And to her, that's, like, the best she can do. She's trying to make his life easier. Um, And she would slowly change her glamour and become what she looks like now over the course of time.
0: I think also she... I think... I don't know Lavanna very well, right? Like <laughs> we get surface level stuff in the series. In Ferris, we get a very deep look at who she is, but I don't think even she understands who she is. But I, I do think that Lavanna—I don't think Lavanna ever wanted to have to glamour Everett, but she wasn't. She was also never opposed to it. Like she, obviously, right. it would have been better if she never had to glamour him. But the second that she realized that's what she had to do to get him to to be with her. She didn't hesitate.
1: Right. And at least she didn't do it all at the same time. Because right. Because it, it is kind of just like she said, and she quoted, his heartbeat would change. Mm-hmm. And that would be when she would change her appearance just a little bit to kind of bring him in to make him think it was him changing and
0: falling in love with her. Right. Which is messed up. Well, it's also, <laughs> but it's not just it's her, her outside glamour, though. She's using her gift at manipulating his um, emotions, too. Yes. Yeah. And so his heart is, is picking up speed because he's nervous and anxious be- because of the situation. And she's like, no, your heart is picking up speed because you love me. Yes. Because you're devoted to me. Because you find me desirable.
1: That could be hard to deal with. I think so from both sides <laughs> from both sides i think it must be <laughs> absolutely
0: exhausting on her side yes and this is um this is where i get really sad but she still loves him that's always been true she thinks about the earth pendant that he gave her and how she's never gonna wear it again right but how she'll never take off her wedding ring right her wedding band that's the that's most- what That's, that's a represent, the, the earth pendant was a representation of Everett's love for her, which he never had, but she sees the wedding band as a representation of her love for Everett, which has always been true. Right. In her eyes. I don't necessarily (laughs) think that she understands the concept of love, but in her, in her viewpoint. In her
1: viewpoint, yeah. Yeah. That's what, what's the word? (laughs) (laughs) that's what um her love is connected to is to the wedding band so
0: yeah so now we take a turn it's all cute right it's like oh they're still in love kind of um and they have this nice intimate night together and then they fall asleep holding each other like you said but love is a war there's thumps in the corridor two guards are down and this is where she recalls her vows um Actually, you know what? Let's just read. Should we just read? Because I like reading. Everybody knows that. I'll just cut all this out. Because I have the power to do so. (laughs) I know. I have all the power. Power. From this day forward, you will be my sun at dawn and my stars at night. The bedroom door burst open, crashing loud against the wall. Everett jolted upward, simultaneously pushing Lavana aside. A dark silhouette filled the doorframe. Everett is so brave. Middle of the night, the woman who he's married to, she's the queen, like, but we know he doesn't love her. He's awakened from a deep sleep, and he immediately, he shoves her out of the way. He grabs a knife. He's like, let's do this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know he's a guard, he, but it's still brave. It is brave. Like and the fact that he was able to just jolt up in the middle of the night just right? from a little thump and a door opening.
0: You know like, what it makes me think of? It makes me think of movies and TV shows whenever someone has a a, a bad dream and they, they jolt upright at a 90-degree angle and go <laughs> as if that's how anyone ever wakes up from a dream. Right. Even a scary dream, you you kinda you don't jolt upright at a 90-degree angle and go.
1: Like in the beginning of Bring It On, like all Bring It On movies. Yes, they have
0: like a weird dream and they <laughs> pop up out of bed. It's like, okay, we might shake a little bit. But I don't I don't know anybody who jumps out of bed and goes, oh, just because I've they had a weird server. Like <laughs> right. So there's an intruder. And uh, Everett pulls out his knife, ready to stab the intruder. And right when the knife gets like an inch from the guy's heart, he stops and he can't move. And as it turns out, this is not a shell. This is a skilled assassin. This is former head thaumaturge Haddon ready to assassinate Everett. Right. He
1: has a gun, too. I know. So Everett brought a knife to, to a gunfight. Gun
0: that could have been a good song choice. We didn't even think of that. <laughs> it's interesting, too, the way that Marissa chose to write this. She she didn't give us the backstory of, of Lavana coming to these decisions and having this conversation with Haddon and planning it all ahead and then show us the scene. She showed us the scene and we get little bits of Lavana's plan right. coming through. So we see Lavana went to his room, but we don't really know why. We see that Lavana wasn't surprised at the fact that someone was out the door, but we don't know why. Right. We see that Lavana isn't surprised by the fact that it's head hadn't, and now we know why. She... A, she approached Haddon, who was retired but never left the court and had always wanted to rise in power. He, he always had really high ambitions. And the only way he could have risen higher than he already was was if he were royalty. Well, wouldn't it be great if he could just marry the queen? Well, right. the queen's already married. So she she goes to him and she says, you want to marry me? You okay. want to give me this a... This is how
1: you have to do it. Right.
0: You need to kill my husband. I can't be married. Right. And I'm not doing the divorce thing. Here's something I do want to talk about because I I I want to talk about it. I have my own suspicions, but I do want to talk about it. A few chapters ago. No, I think it was just last week. Everett mentioned that he hoped Levana would tire of him and he and Winter could just go away together and start a new life. Why don't why doesn't Levana just let him do that instead of murdering him? Because she's selfish. But I feel like there might be more to it than that. Like. I feel like multiple components are at play here. One, she cares a lot about her reputation. She does
1: care a lot about her reputation. And I
0: don't think that she could find it good for her reputation. If he just left. If he just left. And she got a divorce. And he left her, right? Especially since she just found out that everyone in the court knew her marriage was a lie, except for her. Two, I don't think she could handle the concept of Everett being out in the world and being available to other women.
1: That's, yeah, that's definitely true. She would not be able to handle it it had Everett found someone else. Absolutely. Or even the
0: potential for that. Right, And then three... If Everett is alive and in the world, he belongs to Levana, as yes. far as Levana as, is as concerned. As far as she's concerned, yeah. So, him being far away from her is only going to present a challenge in the fact that now she has to go farther to get to him. Yes.
1: And she will go to the ends of the earth to get him. So. Yeah. I understand that. That's definitely...
0: A possibility. A possibility, yeah. But if anybody has other theories... Email me. <laughs> <laughs> PrinceKaiFanPot at gmail.com. Let me know. I'm very curious. So, I feel like this chapter moves really quickly, but we do have a lot to talk about. And there is a section at the end of Ferris that we're going to cover. So, um, there's a couple of gunshots. Winter screams, and Everett collapses and tells Lavana to run because, again, He's still trying to protect her. He's still trying to protect her even when he's literally dying. The thaumaturge turned toward Levana. He was smiling, proud, and haughty. He had succeeded. He had done as she had asked. And now, without the burden of a husband, it would be time for Levana to fulfill the promises she had made, to marry Joshua and crown him as the king of Luna. When Lovana asked him to do this, she was sure to tell him how she had admired him for so many years, that this was what she had longed for ever since she'd made the mistake of her youthful marriage. Arrogant as he was, Haddon took very little convincing. Lovana climbed onto her shaky legs. Haddon lowered the gun. His eyes roved over her body, her glamorous body, full of lust and anticipation, I'm going to read more in a second, but I love the clarification but that it's, it's her glamours. It's her glamour's body. He finds her sexy and desirable,
1: but it's her glamour. But it's her
0: glamour. I just love that we have to include that tiny little part. Ignoring the tears now drying on her cheeks, LaVonna flung herself toward Haddon. He lifted his arms to accept the embrace. Instead, he received a knife, handle deep in his chest. Yeah, that was Lavana's plan all along. She needed someone.
1: She needed herself to be available so that she could go
0: and do what she needed to do for herself and her... And Luna.
1: And Luna, yeah.
0: And now she's now she's available. Now she can go marry Kai. I, I find this to be very... We've talked in the past before about how Lavana is evil, but that doesn't mean that she's not a brilliant strategist.
1: Oh, she's very brilliant when it comes to strategy. This is, yeah. like, the perfect strategy to get her away from Everett. And to keep her single while she goes after what she needs to do for herself.
0: It reminds me of that concept of, like, when people play chess and they think three moves ahead. Yes. Like, she needed to make herself available to be...
1: The Queen's Gambit. So
0: she could, uh... The Queen's Gambit, yes. Um... She needed to make herself available so she could marry Kai or the Emperor. Right. And then she could... um, Rule Luna and the Earth. Exactly. And so in order to do that, she needed to get rid of her husband. And in order to get rid of her husband, she couldn't have her own hands be bloody. So she manipulated without glamour. Yes. This is an emotional and mental manipulation that took actual thought and effort. Yes. Into... She manipulated this man, this pawn, essentially into murdering her husband, all with the plan to kill him immediately after.
1: I'm a little shocked that he was so easy
0: to manipulate, too. I'm not. People like power. That's true. And we've seen how obsessed the lunar culture, the the aristocratic court is with power. That's true. They're very power hungry.
1: But if you think about it, how would? he have even thought for a second he would have realized that if i kill her how is she going to marry me because how would that look to the court or anyone no he he's pulling he's killing everett sorry yeah everett. yeah if he kills everett i think and she marries him how would that look
0: i think that the aristocratic court that we've seen is so hypnotized by bloodlust we've seen it with the way that they witness um trials and demand bloodshed for even the That's smallest true. of crimes. I think that They'd if anything, they would him. idolize, yes, they would praise him. They would idolize him for taking, for taking his future into his own hands. Look what he was willing to do for his own future. What might he be willing to do for Luna? That's very true. Right? Yeah. I could see them having, I think you and I obviously would be um, horrified but I think the aristocratic lunar court would see it as uh, a positive trait to have in their a ruler. A soul to come yeah. and step forward. Because if he's willing to murder the queen's husband just so he can get an ounce of power, what would he be willing to do to keep that power? What would he be willing to do to keep Luna a place that deserves power, a place right. that w- he would want to be in power of, and so what would he be willing to do in service of Luna and, by that notion, the aristocratic court?
1: That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I, I understand that.
0: I think on Earth we would be horrified. Oh, like, Torin would arrest him <laughs> and put him in jail. But Luna has very different um, political preferences. I don't know the right <laughs> culture. Is it a culture? That's a culture. <laughs> so, Levana, Levana loses her her cool, her equilibrium, almost immediately. She wails and she throws herself on Everett. Now, this I understand. Yes. I would probably do this. I would, too. I, I'm very dramatic and very emotional <laughs> and very codependent on my husband, and I have no shame in that. I'm very codependent <laughs> on
1: Randy, too, so I can <laughs> completely understand that.
0: <laughs> Her vows come back to her again while she's uh, laying there on top of him. I vow to love and cherish you for all our days. But then again, while she's laying there with him, she recalls, here's what I think of love from Channery. And this is where I think we have the back and forth theme of what her vows of love meant to her. And how Channery's vision of love has influenced Lavanna as a queen. Yes. And how they're, like, they're almost conflicting and clashing in Lavanna's head as she tries to figure out what's best for her country and what the concept of love even is.
1: Yes. She has a lot going on in her head, and this has been happening since she was a little girl. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: it you can understand why she'd be so messed up now as an adult. Into why her brain thinks the way that it does. And I agree.
0: It's
1: terrifying, though. Okay.
0: So, there's blood everywhere. Lavana can hear the footsteps coming down the hallway, and she starts apologizing to Everett. And he pulls her in and says, It's all right, sweetheart. Yeah. God, the best human being on the planet, seriously. He really is. Unsung hero of the entire series might be Everett Hale. He begs her, begs her to take care of Winter.
1: He doesn't, he knows that she did this, too. He's very aware, and, and that's why care. he
0: says it's all right. Like, he's, he's like, okay, well, this sounds like Lavana, but I am only going to be alive for another five seconds, so let me at least try to secure the safety of, of my daughter. Exactly. The guards come in, a doctor comes in, Winter comes in, and Sybil comes in. Not surprised that our girl, our girl's bestie would show up right now. Right.
1: And she also looks like she already knew this was going to
0: happen. Yes. Yeah. I love that, that Sybil is just like, okay, this is where she, I knew, I knew she was thinking of something. I was wondering what she was going to do, because I knew she wanted Earth.
1: And this is how she's going to I wish she would have
0: asked me for help, but I understand that she didn't, but now I know, now we need to... Sybil is just as strategically brilliant as Lavanna, yes. I think, and the two of them together, it's just like that—that that concept of like we could rule the world. Yes, you know, yeah, definitely, yeah. So, Lavanna refuses to leave Everett. She cannot stop crying. She cannot leave his body. She can't leave his side. She can't stop crying. She finally promises to take care of Winter, even though she didn't love the child. She only loves Everett, but she will take care of her because of her love for Everett.
1: Exactly. She promises to take care of Winter because that was his dying wish. Do we see that,
0: though? In Crest, we saw her be very rude to the princess. I mean, we
1: still have another book to get to.
0: We do. That's true. She puts the pendant, the earth pendant, in his hand. Sybil pulls her away, and winter takes her place. Um, her sister's last words came back to her, thundering in her ears, filling up all the hollow places in her heart. Love is a conquest. Love is a war. Here is what I think of love. That is the end of Ferris. <laughs> this went really fast, I know. It did. Um, but... That last line is chilling, like goose like goosebumps on your skin, chilling. Yes. Um, this is your first, like, other than Twilight, you're not big on books.
1: No. So um, what
0: did you feel reading this? I
1: couldn't <laughs> stop. Yeah? So I had to listen to the audiobooks because right. I didn't have the physical copy of Book Plus. I was working full time. But I listened to the audiobooks consistently throughout my day at work and i listen to them now twice like the first time i finished them i went back and re-listened to them almost immediately they were so heart-wrenching and so well written and just it was perfection throughout the whole thing like it kept you coming back for more it kept you wanting to continue to listen I would listen until I worked second shift. I'd drive home with the audiobook still playing. yeah. And I would not get out of my car once I got home until the chapter had ended. And I do that, then, too. Even then, I still <laughs> didn't want to finish. Right. I still want to sit in the car. But it was like 1 o'clock in the morning, so I'm like, I got to go. How do you
0: feel about it taking such a dark turn in this book? Like, we, we, the series itself has some darker elements. Right. But in this book, we deal with rape, consent... The concept of manipulation, murder, assault.
1: Honestly, I think it's a little needed to get the backstory of Lavanna herself. I agree. So it may be dark and twisted and all this stuff is happening to her, but in order to know how she became the way she is throughout the series. It's like weird this. having someone actually,
0: I'm so sorry. I'm actually recording with my sister in my room and I'm usually recording online and I feel like I'm staring into your eyes just like. That is so uh, much eye contact. I know. I feel like I should look other places because I'm awkward and then I'm like, no, I should give it's her fine. focus. You and can, then I'm like, I'm like, can you all see the my eyes? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just interrupted you in a very rude way. I'm That's sorry. okay. Um, <laughs> That's anyway, how we talk. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs>
1: uh, dark, twisted, and perfect to sum up how Lovana became
0: how she is today. Absolutely. Yeah. So before we do a little bit more um, bonus stuff, I, we're going to talk about our chapter titles. I picked way too many. That's okay. Um, so, Lindsay, go ahead and go first with your chapter title.
1: Um, the very first song that came to mind when I read this chapter was Whiskey Lullaby. Um, It is a very heart-wrenching song, and it's not the same. Um, It's not a perfect sum of it, but the very first line in the song, the very first line in the song is, she put him out like the burning end of a midnight cigarette. And I think that perfect, that line... Perfectly sums up what happened in this last chapter, because um, Lavana is the reason that
0: Everett is dead. So I Mm -hmm. think it it
1: sums it up pretty well.
0: But the song... Also the concept of rumors, because rumors have been so prevalent in Lavana's life and with her marriage to... Everett, and there's a line in the song, the rumors flew, but nobody knew how much she blamed herself. And she does
1: blame herself constantly. Mm-hmm. So it, it works perfectly for the song, even though it's about two people committing suicide.
0: We make USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at USAA.com slash bundle. USAA. Restrictions apply.
1: It's basically her she's committing a murder suicide because she just killed the only thing that she loved yeah and that pretty much left her with nothing so she
0: in a way committed suicide on herself yeah i agree in a way, in a way she killed a certain part of her she exactly. she killed the part of herself that she had allowed to be capable of loving another human being yes Wow, that sounded really deep and poetic, you guys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was not intentional. Um Okay, I... Yeah,
1: that's my choice, and that's why.
0: <laughs> I picked three songs, so I guess I'm just going to talk a lot. It's okay. <laughs> when reading this chapter, I really wanted something with a piano. I wanted a voice and a piano, and I could not think of just one song, because... There are so many songs where it's just a voice and a piano, and it's it's heart wrenching and beautiful and chaotic. And so, I actually chose the orchestra version of "Consequences" by Camila Cabello, which is not perfect lyric wise, but I love the idea that loving someone has consequences. Um, I think it loving fits. you was young and wild and free. Loving you was cool and hot and sweet. Um, Loving you was sunshine, safe and sound. A steady place to let down my defenses, but loving you had consequences. And then the end refrain, which breaks my soul. Loving you was dumb, dark, and cheap. Loving you will still take shots at me. Found loving you was sunshine, but then it poured, and I lost so much more than my senses. Because loving you had consequences. And also, guys, please, if you have the time, Google, uh, go to YouTube and watch her live performance of this with the Disney Orchestra. Um, I cried watching it. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And she has a beautiful voice. And this is such a tragically sad song. It is. Um, and it doesn't, you know, I mean, the lyrics don't perfectly fit especially because the meaning behind this particular song is that the other party is right. sort of the the toxic energy, and in our case, Levana is the toxic energy. You but, could also
1: see this from Everett's point of view, though.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't think Everett really loved her, but, but he, the concept of being loved by her. Right. Yeah. It
1: could play into this, and the fact that he was loved by her did create all these consequences so in consequences. his life. And in the end, it was dark and cheap. It was
0: cheap, yeah. And I, I especially love the loving you will still take shots at me. Because I don't think Lavana ever gets over
1: No, she Everett. doesn't.
0: We never. saw that in the last book. In, in the end of book three, we saw that she still was wearing the wedding band from Everett.
1: Yes, and she never takes it off.
0: No. She hides it with her glamour. But she, but she never, never takes, takes it, it, off. it off. Yeah. So I also chose Falling by Harry Styles. Um, I also recommend that you go and watch the live performance of him singing this with nothing but a piano. If you have time, also watch the Little Mix cover of this song because it is amazing. Um, some of the lyrics that I want to point out, again, it's not perfect, but there are certain phrases that really stand out. I'm in my bed and you're not here and there's no one to blame but the drink and my wandering hands. It doesn't fit perfectly. But she sleeps alone in her bed every night, and the only person she has to blame for that is is herself. herself. Yeah. Forget what I said, it's not what I meant, and I can't take it back. Lavana and Everett just had this huge fight where she didn't mean anything that she said. She was self-sabotaging. She was taking out all of her issues on him and on their marriage. And he said a bunch of stuff that he definitely meant, but she never wanted to know or hear.
1: Yeah,
0: that's true. What am I now? What if I'm someone I don't want around? And then again, at the end it changes to what am I now? What if I' what if you're someone I just want around? Lavana will always want Everett yes. and Everett never wanted Lavana in the way that she needed. And I think that that particular refrain, what if you're someone I want around? that is always going to be in Levana's head because she always wants Everett right, around. Right, she does. And that, again, comes back to her
1: never taking the ring off. That's mm-hmm. her keeping him around as long as she possibly can. Any piece of him exactly. that
0: she can, yeah. And
1: maybe that's why she decided to keep Winter around, too, because it was a piece of Everett.
0: That's true. That's true. And it, and it's the only, like, living physical piece of her, of him left, him. Yeah. yeah. So the last song I chose, and then I promise I'm done, you guys, (laughs) is Miserable at Best by uh, Mayday Parade. Beautiful song. Also, the lyrics aren't perfect. None of the lyrics in any of these are perfect. It's just how I was feeling at the moment. So I'm trying to say it without singing it because I really want to sing it. Like the back of my head is like, no, this is the rhythm. Um, (laughs) Let's not pretend that you're alone tonight. I know he's there. Okay. She's with Everett when she's normally alone. Right. And Haddon knew she would be, even though she's never there. Um, you're probably hanging out and making eyes while across the room he stares. She was hiding this infatuation that that she had created with Haddon for the sole purpose of killing Everett. Right. I'll bet he gets the nerve to walk the floor and ask my girl to dance, and she'll say Yes. Again, it's not perfect because Everett doesn't necessarily see Lavana as his girl, but that is his wife. They do right, have a partnership and a commitment.
1: Not only that, but it is his queen. Yeah. And so that does that actually does do a good job of summing it up because he does walk across the floor mm-hmm. and is trying to ask Lavana to marry him once he kills Everett.
0: Yep. Yeah. Or assumes that he that that's the next the
1: next yeah. step, yeah.
0: Because these words were never easier for me to say or her to second guess, but I guess that I can live without you, but without you I'll be miserable at best. Just that line alone, I can live without you, but without you I'll be miserable at best, perfectly sums up Lavana's entire life It perfectly sums up Lavana's entire viewpoint of her relationship with Everett all the way back to when she was 16 years old.
1: Yeah, it does. Yeah. Very good choices.
0: I know. And I'm looking at the lyrics and some of them I didn't even think of I think are are fitting. Like, uh, you're all that I hope to find in every single way and everything I would give is everything you couldn't take. How much did like she home. give to Everett that he just couldn't, that he just couldn't find a way to love, you know? Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You're a thousand miles away and the hardest part of living is just taking breaths to stay. Ugh. You guys, seriously, it's a really good song. I keep saying that, but <laughs> it really is. I will listen
1: to these later. Thank so you. I hope everyone
0: else does too. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about our chapter quotes. Normally I would say you go first. Um, I think you
1: should go first. But mine is first, because right? Because is first yep. the book.
0: Which we didn't realize. That was not planned, you guys. No. But we are sisters, so it makes sense. <laughs> everything was her fault. She had ruined every moment she had with them from their very first kiss. Goes back to everything I just said in all those songs. It does. She, this is where I get conflicted. This is where I feel like I need to see a psychiatrist because (laughs) Lilvana is a psychopath. She's horrible. Horrible. But I just I feel for her. I do feel for her. So much right now. Yeah. She's gone. She committed murder and I feel for her. What is wrong with me?
1: You're not the only
0: one. When I, I think first, I need to talk to somebody. Like
1: <laughs> when I first read this book, I was like, "Wow, I have a, a completely different view on Lavana now mm-hmm. than I did before." And it's a perfect sum of how she ended up being the way she is. And you you have to feel bad for her going through everything that she went through. You mm-hmm. see the vulnerable
0: vulnerability
1: vulnerability of her.
0: <laughs> I think. Uh, I think. A lot of times with villain backstories, they're sort of a redemption arc so that you can um, forgive the villain. And I think that Fairest, it's not a redemption arc. No. We don't forgive Levana, no. but we do understand her right. a lot better, and we understand her thought process.
1: Exactly. And that's what I think is so great about Marissa Meyer's books, like especially this one in particular. Like you said, you don't... You feel bad for her, but you don't forgive her. Right. You want. You
0: sympathize with her sympathize. situation. Exactly. But you like, don't. It, it doesn't excuse it anything. It doesn't excuse yeah, anything at all. For sure. Absolutely. Okay, so your quote came directly after mine. Yes.
1: Um, my quote is I promise, she whispered through the word. I still. You that. did that again. I, do that, yeah. <laughs> I promise, she whispered, though the words burned her throat. She did not love the child. She had only loved Everett, and
0: now she had destroyed even that. I promise. That I mean, she had destroyed even that. She had ruined every moment she had with him from their very first kiss. I just, yeah, yeah. And they get, that goes back to your song choice too, with yeah. uh, with feeling like there's no other there's no other way out after committing these. Um, these these crimes against the person that you yeah, love. It does. Um, I think my quote
1: kind of goes hand in hand with the song that I chose because she feels so guilty that he ended up going and committing suicide that she ends up in turn committing suicide against herself mm-hmm. in the song and in the book she feels guilty that she had someone come and kill Everett and now her whole life is ruined. Because of her own actions.
0: I do agree with what you were saying earlier. That she killed a part of herself that day. That a part of herself died when Everett died. Yes. There's a part of her that loved Everett. A part of her that was, in her eyes, capable of loving another soul. And she killed that part when she killed Everett.
1: Yeah, she did. And I think that that's a good sum of
0: everything. It is. So let's do some bonus stuff. Uh, we have a couple of things that I'm going to mention. Uh, you will find this information at the back of the reprint of Ferris with the new covers. Um, so that's partly why I'm going to share it because not everybody has this, right? So at the back of the Ferris book is a little interview with Marissa. I really don't want to read all of it. Uh, if you email me, I'll send it to you. Um, but some of the stuff I want to talk about is because I feel like a lot of times we talk about this when when I have guests on. So um, the idea came to her to write this when she needed to write a short story, um, but it had to be 8,000 words or less, and she couldn't combine Lavana's story into that, so she ended up writing glitches, which you can find in Stars Above, which we will cover in a couple years.
1: <laughs> um, is it true?
0: She uh, she does say that a lot of the topics covered in this book are horrific, but that Lavana is a horrific character, and we needed to understand why. She recommends that you read this book in between Cress and Winter. So I know a lot of people were upset that after Cress we read Ferris instead of doing Ferris after Winter. That is because Marissa asked me to, because that is how she she intended the books to be read, and that is how they were published. So that is... How we're doing it. I know it sucks because we want to read Winter and Cress left on a cliffhanger, but Um, Marissa is a queen. We don't say no to queens. <laughs> <laughs> if Lavana taught us anything, it's that we don't say no to queens, okay? Plus, I think you need a lot of the backstory from you Paris
1: you get to winter.
0: You do. And I feel like you need it throughout, we're spoiler free, so I won't say but you definitely need it throughout winter. And there will be plenty of times during winter where we are going to talk about the connections that we learned... In this book, in Ferris, um, so there's a lot more in there. I just really wanted to cover those two things, um, and uh, and see it's uh, sort of to explain why why Marissa wrote this, why it's sh- as short as it is, and why she chose to make it book 3.5. Um, there's also an acknowledgement that I have to read. I know I don't normally read the acknowledgments, but it's hard to pass this one up. Acknowledgements that she wrote. Lastly, to the girl who came to the crest launch party dressed up as Queen Lavana and pretended to kill me with her crazy long fingernails. Thank you for not actually killing me with your crazy long fingernails, Your Majesty. Can't That's pass awesome. I can't pass <laughs> up I can't <laughs> pass up sharing that. I really can't. So um, oh wait, it's right I here. love that. I love it too. And just to end on a happy note, because I know we're all depressed and stressed out and we need to be happy because Lavana committed the murder of her own husband. I'm going to read to you what we will be starting next, uh, next book, which is Winter. Princess Winter is admired by the Lunar people for her grace and kindness. And despite the scars that mar her face, her beauty is said to be even more breathtaking than that of her stepmother, Queen Levana. Winter despises her stepmother and knows Levana won't approve of her feelings for her childhood friend, the handsome palace guard, Jacin. But Winter isn't as weak as Levana believes her to be, and she's been undermining her stepmother's wishes for years. Together with the cyborg mechanic Cinder and her allies, Winter might even have the power to launch a revolution and win a war that's been raging for far too long. Can Cinder, Scarlet, Cress, and Winter defeat Lavanna and find their happily ever afters? Fans will not want to miss the thrilling conclusion to Marissa Meyer's nationally best-selling Lunar Chronicles series. (laughs) What are you looking forward to with Winter? Like, don't give away spoilers, but do you remember what you were excited about when you finished this book and, and got back to Winter? Oh no, you skipped it, didn't you? You went from Crest to Winter and then went back for Ferris. I did. Yeah, yeah. you were like, I'm not reading that. I need to get to Winter. (laughs) You left me with a a cliffhanger. (laughs) I'm moving. I had to
1: go straight into Winter when I was going, when I was reading them. The first time. The first time, yeah. The second time when I re-listened to all of the audiobooks, I listened to them in order. But the first time, I went straight to Winter. Yeah, you were like,
0: I don't care about this backstory.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I had to. It was just...
0: It was so juicy. So without being spoilery, what do you think we can say to listeners to look forward to in winter? Because Cress ended with a lot of cliffhangers. Kai was kidnapped and in outer space. <laughs> and him and Cinder finally kissed, and he knows that Cinder is Celine. Um Just say that those aren't all the surprises that are yet to come. <laughs> <go>. Right? <laughs> There's quite a bit more. There's so much more. Um, now, now, normally we would do a Ferris wrap-up episode, but as many of you know, Marissa is uh, finishing her final editing touches on Gilded, which is a Rumpelstiltskin retelling that she has coming out this November, which you can already pre-order, so we're going to skip the Ferris wrap-up episode since she's a little busy, but you're still getting an episode, so don't cry, don't freak out. Um, I put a vote up on the Instagram page of all of the bonus episodes that are on Patreon right now, and you guys voted to listen to my husband talk about Wally. And (laughs) I'm not sure if it's because people are curious about my husband or if they just love Wally, but that's what's coming out. (laughs) I mean, I think it has something to do with
1: both, you know? I can't wait to hear Clinton on an episode. But I know. He's so,
0: <laughs> you know him so well, though. Like, you could, you could tell when you know him that he's a little awkward. But he does a really good job. He does. Uh, yeah. yeah. He tries. He's a good little trooper. I promise it's not a bad episode. And um, when it's over, we are going to c- talk about winter. Um, And just a heads up, guys, winter, we're going to start, and we're not going to finish, until July of 2022. This it's a, is a long book. It's a long-ass book. It's going to take us a long-ass time to cover it, and you know I only do one or two chapters per episode. So, get ready. Get ready for the next 12 months. <laughs> next 12 months of your life. <laughs> 12 months of winter seems like a long time.
1: <laughs> it does, <laughs> but this is a good winter. <laughs> this is a good winter.
0: Um, do you want to tell anyone where they can find you on social media? Or plug Charlie. Oh, like Charlie sure. social
1: media. <laughs> um, so I have a puppy and he is going to be 6 months old. <laughs> and I have created his own Instagram for him. You can check him out at Charlie the SD pup on Instagram. I will have to change that because I don't live in San Diego anymore. Yeah. Um <laughs> and then my Instagram is Lindsay L I N D S E Y 6 with a period and then 13. So, uh, 613. Lindsay 613, but there's a period between the 6 and the 13. Yeah. Oh,
0: you can find Prince Sky Fan Pod everywhere at Shocker Prince Sky Fan Pod. <laughs> Don't forget to check out Patreon for a chance to be a guest on an episode with me and more super cool perks. Um, and that's it, kids. Say goodbye to Ferris, say hello to Winter. Get started reading Winter. It's going to be a long one. (laughs) But it'll be worth it. It will be worth it. It's a beautiful story. It's the perfect conclusion to this series. And even after it, we still have two graphic novels. And, well, it's something with an A, but a collection of short stories. There's a word for it that I can't think of right now. Anthology. We have an anthology (laughs) of short stories called Stars Above that we will also cover. But Winter is technically the conclusion to the series. And it's magnificent. And if you haven't read it get started, guys. It's a long it's one. It's coming. I know. Um, in the meantime, keep reading, keep listening, and don't get glamored. Don't get glamored. Bye. Bye. The passages read for you today are from *Fears* by Marissa Meyer. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger. Today's special guest was Lindsay Myers. The intro outro music was composed by Emma Pavo, and the logo art was created by Angela Wong. Thank you for listening.